Blog Talk Radio. Well, happy Thanksgiving. A day later, Buckeye fans, welcome to this installment of the Diardo Rose Show. My name is Brian Diardo. Brian Rosen going to be joining us here in just a couple of minutes to talk about the greatest rivalry in college football, Ohio State versus Michigan. And, uh, you know, it hasn't really been the season uh, that Michigan has obviously wanted. Um, you know, they're hovering around the top 25. Uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh, uh, there's rumors that he might get a lifetime contract. Uh, that might be on the skids if he loses to Ohio State uh, once again. Buckeyes coming in in the top ten in the country, I believe number nine. And, uh, you know, hey, if they win this game, despite their two losses, they certainly have a chance at cracking that college football playoff, assuming they can get past Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game. And with that, we bring in Brian Rosen, the other half of Brian and Brian, to break down the greatest rivalry in college football. Brian, what's good today, buddy? I hope your turkey day was as good as mine. It was It was wonderful. Now, now I'm – I'm ready. I had, you know, our version of, of the game and, you know, eating-wise yesterday, or the Super Bowl as a Browns fan. I, it's like my Super Bowl, but really, really, truly like my <laughs> Super Bowl. So uh, I feel great. I'm, you know, this is, a, this is a, a, you know, a, a, an interesting day because there's a part of me. I mean, I want to enjoy it. I don't get to be home very often living in Denver, and so I want to enjoy every minute of it. But by the same token, I'm really, really ready for tomorrow. So, um, it's, uh, you know, it, it's going to be great. Can't, cannot wait. Very, very, very thankful, which I thought was probably a good way to start this. It's just, you know, what we're thankful for within the rivalry. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it, there's, there's, I guess I'll start and there's, there's so much, you know, Brian, that I'm thankful for. I think it starts with having the ability, you know, we both did to cover this game, to announce this game, mm-hmm. for, you know, to be a part of a broadcast for four years, um, you know, do some play-by-play, do some analysis. Um, me and you did analysis, if I recall, for the, two, the you know the game of the century they called 2006 game, which was mm-hmm. brutal to have to analyze just because it was there's was so much emotion as a fan. I mean, play-by-play, could, could, it was a little easier to to be not unbiased because as a student radio station, you're not really supposed to be and you're asked to be unbiased, but it was. You know, you, you you could control your emotions a little more. If you had a job to do as an analyst, it's tough when when you're just so emotionally invested in this. But so thankful to have been able to attend these games to to be four and zero for life. I mean, man, that's that's an amazing feeling. <laughs> to to no matter whatever happens, I mean that that's like I, I you know that should almost be on like my my gravestone. Hopefully not anytime soon. But, you know, I mean, knowing that to, to have been 4-0, and incredibly grateful for that. And um, I'll say for this game, Brian, I'm very grateful to a couple of, a couple of people. Mo Hurst, a defensive lineman, very good player for that team up north. I'm also very grateful for Karan Higdon, the running back for that team up north. And I say that because both of them are still complaining about, about the, 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 the call on the fourth down by JT Barrett that – Harbaugh, you know, they, they still claim was short last year, which if you watch it, there is, this, it, it, you know, if there's no such thing as forward progress, then sh- absolutely not a first down and we lose. But there is a such thing as forward progress. So the spot was definitely fair. And to me, the reason why I say that is if that's something you're still thinking about and you're still ta- talking about it, which clearly it still bothers them, then in my view you've already lost not necessarily the game, 
But you've already you've already put yourself in a bad position to try to win this football game. If you can't get over that, and again, if you're going to say it publicly, it's hard for me to believe you're over it. So that's bad. You know, uh, we saw in the '90s, Brian, a lot of talk by the Buckeyes, David Boston, talking, fighting, and it didn't work. I mean, we didn't win those games. We were dominated. So I've always been a firm believer that you don't talk this week. So when I see the other side talking, it makes me that much more confident. Pretty good stuff, man. And I actually didn't know that stuff was going on. Now, very, very interesting there. You think they would kind of just let it go or you wouldn't want to – I mean, Ohio State's certainly the bear in this in this rivalry, and I would do whatever uh, necessary not to poke the bear. <laughs> you know what? I'm grateful for something that uh, – you know, if you're, I guess, 25 years old at this point, you, you're probably appreciative of, which is the fact that Ohio State is, has had the edge in this rivalry for almost two, almost two full decades, which is really hard to, 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 to put your, wrap your head around. You know, since 2001, they've only lost twice. Um, and really, only one of those was that meaningful. I mean, 2011, we were already a 500 team, regardless of that game or not. And, I mean, that was the game after Trestle and uh, really, OSU played very well in that game, and that was a Michigan team that, you know, that's the best team Michigan's had in the last two decades. Uh, I mean, post, one of their best teams post uh, their national championship in 1997. So I'm grateful that OSU has had the, the winning edge. And, you know, I think it's, you know, this kind of, this team kind of is the end of the 2014 run. You know, JT Barrett, kind of the last symbolic image of that. Uh, I'm thankful for him. You know, I know a lot of people – don't love JT Barrett, and I, you know, I'll be the first one to say uh, certainly there's been games where he's been underwhelming or he, you're kind of scratching your head, or maybe he hasn't progressed throwing the ball as well as everybody wanted to. But, I mean, when you look at the Big Ten, OSU leads the Big Ten in scoring, and in Big Ten play, OSU has scored twice as many points as Michigan. Like, they've doubled them. <laughs> so, you know, for everybody that, that, you know, wants to hate on JT, I think you got to consider that, you know, the team he started with was so good. And you look at all those guys out there in the NFL, Ezekiel Elliott included, and, and, you know, all the guys that he's continuously had to work uh, and learn to play with. And then just the fact that all the other quarterbacks that he's been surrounded by, you know, Braxton Miller and, um, you know, Cardell Jones and, and, you know, playing and not playing and being hurt and coming back. And I'm thankful for him. And I, and I hope that he, um, like you, Brian, can get to 4-0 on, the, on the, his career against the team up north. And uh, if I have said the team up north's name to this point, I, I apologize. I won't do that. It's okay. On this, on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So no, nope, you're, you're talk good. About the oh, hey, well, good. I, I, I kind of needed to check myself. I forgot about that. So <laughs> what do you, what do you think about this game, Brian? I mean, Michigan is coming in. They just lost a tough one, 24 to 10. Uh, you know, they're eight and three. They're fourth in the big 10. They have no shot at making a big 10 championship game. In a lot of ways, this is, this is their Super Bowl. I mean, passing, they're 112th in the nation. Uh, you know, defensively, they're, they're a tough team. I mean, they're one of the best ones in the conference in defense. Uh, that's kind of been the story all year. You know, missions had to win ugly. Not a lot of blowouts when you look at their schedule. Um, what do you, how do you see this game unfolding, man? I mean, to me, uh, you know, I always use the clear favorite. I mean, they're seven-point favorite. Uh, so they're, I mean, and they, they, they've won every time with Urban Meyer. So uh, without getting too analytical, and passing on to you, I mean, I don't see many reasons why OSU would be afraid. And that being said, I thought after last year's scare against Michigan that, that the gap had com- completely closed and that Michigan was now on our level. And, uh, geez, in the last year, uh, I seem like I'm wrong in that, in that thought a year ago. What say you? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it, 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 and, and I do want to want to touch on JT Barrett, it, both you know, both his, his overall legacy and, and you know, I I, 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 you know, I want to try to be fair because as my, I'll admit, I've been really, especially the last few weeks, on my high horse about how much it bothers me that the, that there's even any dislike or disdain towards him at all. But then I have to put myself back and have to say that I, I really gave, you know, Cardell a ton of, obviously a ton of credit for, for what he did to help win the national championship. And I'd be lying if I said in 2015, that wasn't, I didn't feel like he was, like gave us our best chance to win. So I want to try to be a little bit fair in that regard. But having said that, this is, the game i mean this is the most you know to me it's the most important game and maybe it doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna be the most important game to you know more important than the national championship most people don't feel that way it is to me that's just being honest i'm a throwback in that regard i like national championships i like big 10 championships i need to win this one so by that standpoint i mean you're talking about someone could be the first person in the history of the rivalry either side to win four four times. I mean, that, to me, as an integral member of the national championship team, even if played the end of the games, he, he's a big reason, you know, the reason why Ohio State won in 2014, one of them uh, in the game, and then after that, obviously got hurt, and Cardell did his thing. So, to me, the guy, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, should have a statue built. If we win this game, that's 4-0. Build a guy statue. Most important game on Ohio State's at least regular season schedule, which is obviously without debate, every single year. If you can go 4-0, you deserve it. But getting back to this particular, this particular game, um, you know, I think what, what, what's going to be interesting, you know, very interesting about – uh, you know about this one is, is like you said. I mean, there is a, a big difference between motivation in terms of this season. But I would say, I review from their standpoint that they need to do something to to move to help them moving towards next year. The 2001 victory for Ohio State was significant in in changing the rivalry. It was the first win in Ann Arbor since Earl Bruce's last game in '87. So uh, there's a lot of reasons why that was significant, but it also was a real spearhead toward the following season. There's a lot of talent coming in, a lot of talent currently on on this Michigan team. I'll just say the the M word too for this podcast because it's too hard <laughs> for these these Bad. purposes, you know. So um, this could be a springboard win towards a potential national championship caliber team next year. I mean, it, it, it's clear. When you watch this team, that they, you know, they lost Tark Black, a really good receiver, who's a true freshman, a ton of potential, and of course they, you know, the quarterback situation's been a problem. They don't have a quarterback to, to win a national championship, even if everyone was healthy on this roster. If Wilton Spate's playing, we feel very differently, or, or, or Peters is playing, we feel very differently, and maybe they will, uh, and, and that will, would be more of a challenge, you know, heading heading into this game. But this is a chance for them. To, to get a major springboard towards next year, to finally get off the schneid. And I don't want to ever underestimate that. The game is on the road. Uh, they do have a very good defense. Why I, I do feel very confident, though, is they do – this is not the 2016 Michigan defense. That defense last year was, was truly phenomenal. It was one of, if not the best defense in the entire country. And Ohio State really struggled to move the ball. Well, this year you've got – Receivers that are older, you've got some rapport developing with JT Barrett. You have a special, special talent 
at the running back position you didn't have last year in J.K. Dobbins. No disrespect to Curtis Samuel or Mike Weber. I really think that Ohio State can, can have almost a Trestle or Woody Hayes-like plan and be extremely conservative and just run the football. And if they don't turn it over, that I really truly think could be enough. Because J.K. Dobbins is that special. I'm really excited to see him make an impact in the first of what could be three Michigan games. Since I already am projecting he's going to be gone because he's that good after three years. So, you know, Brian, when I look at this game, I look at it as kind of a throwback game. No reason to get too cute and focus you know, too much even on throwing it. I think you just can be mostly one-dimensional and run the football effectively enough and then you pick your spots with passing the football when you have you know eight men in the box and you have single coverage and you have some opportunities to make make those plays down the field but that's where i think ohio state is just it it, it can really have an advantage this is not as good of a run stopping team statistically they are um but that is also there's a lot of games against bad teams when good running backs both Jonathan Taylor and the Wisconsin rushing attack, especially in the second half last week. And, of course, Saquon Barkley, who, by the way, has been bad in every other big game this year for them. But he torched Michigan. So I definitely think you can run the football all over these guys and, and, and have that lead you to a victory. What say you? No, I agree with you. And, and really, when you look at Ohio State, I mean, all year long it's been – you know, the consistencies with the offense. I mean, the defense for Ohio State, I mean, I think Iowa was just kind of a mess all, all around. I mean, especially when you're, you're, you're throwing pick six, you're turning the football over, you're putting your defense in bad spots. But, I mean, this Ohio State defense all year long has been dominant. And I think, I think with the exception of the 2013 defense, uh, every defense under Urban Meyer has been dominant. And, I, you know, that's been a big reason why OSU has, has been one of the best teams in the country during that span with Urban Meyer. So, you know, I think it's going to continue on. I think that, um, you know, Michigan's going to have tr- trouble, you know, moving the football because they're off, their pass game is so bad. And that's that, to me, is the most surprising thing because, you know, you always hear that, that Harbaugh is, is a, like a quarterback whisperer and, and he, you know, he coached Andrew Luck when he was at Stanford and they even brought in like a special, like, quarterback's coach and it just it doesn't work. And that's the thing that's most surprising to me is is that they are so – uh, one-dimensional, and you watch their offense, and it's it's like it's almost like prehistoric. I mean, the way they throw the football, they don't have a downfield presence. They miss your boy, uh, you know, at, with the Browns, Peppers, that used to play on their team last year. Uh, they don't have a dynamic playmaker in the passing game that's consistent. So, I mean, that's been the biggest reason why, in my opinion, Michigan has struggled to this point. You know, for Ohio State, it's been the inconsistencies on offense. It's been uh, the lack sometimes of offensive playmakers, but you're seeing recently the passing game get better. Uh, yes, they had to slip up against Iowa, but you look at how they've come back. You know, they put 48 on Michigan State that was, you know, 12th in the country, and they put on 52 against Illinois, and it could have been 80. It could have been 80. I mean, they had, what, 30, 28 points in the first quarter alone. So this offense was woken up after the Iowa game. They started to wake up a little bit uh, during the Penn State game when they fell behind by so much. And, and really, I mean, it. I know they they weren't always pretty, but look at OSU statistics. Uh, Sands, you know, Oklahoma, and, and the final points they ended up with, 49, 38, 54, 56, 62, 58, 39, 48, 52. I mean, those are astronomically high offensive scoring numbers. And, uh, and then you look at Barrett's history against Michigan. He's not scared of them at all. And 
I love Brian, just by the way, that you and me are on the same page with Barrett because I'm a big fan of his. And, you know, it was so refreshing after um, the Illinois win. Uh, all the interviews I watched that he did, he kept getting the question, are you happy that you're still in the mix for the playoffs and, and you know, all that stuff. And he kept saying, you know, this is the, this, this is the team up north week. You know, we have to focus on them. I mean, that used to be a big deal to me. So your old school, Brian, well, guess what? The guy that's trying to get to 4-0 and against Michigan, he's old school too. I mean, there's a reason why he's 3-0, and maybe going to be 4-0. Um, let me ask you something, though. I mean, we've been in the big house. We've been there twice. We know the atmosphere. I would argue, I'm sure you agree, that those are two of the, the greatest memories you have of covering OSU Absolutely. Radio, the 05. And I don't think the 05 victory gets enough hub in, in history because that was an amazing game with the Gonzalez catch uh, late. OSU's down. You know, late in that game, I think it was 21-12, to 12, and Troy Smith leads him back. It was a terrible celebration penalty on Santonio Holmes. Yeah, uh, dive in the end zone. Carr. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. Uh, you know, Lloyd Carr with the pooch punt controversy when they could have tried a field goal. Uh, the whole thing was great. And then you come back to your and, – and to me, uh, you know, that was – I mean, Troy Smith had already, already arrived. But to me, that kind of foreshadowed what he was going to do in that Fiesta Bowl and then the 06 season. And then – uh, 07 with the the iconic play of Henny getting crushed uh, by the, you know by one of the Bourne brothers, and then uh, you know Beanie Wells capping off that great season he had in 07 with with the 200 plus yard performance he had. Uh, the Big House used to be in a really intimidating place. I mean, it's called the Big House. <laughs> do you don't th- do you think that has any play in this game, and do you think it impacts Ohio State at all now? Because I mean, I think. 20 years ago, it certainly did. Uh, do you think it does at all now, or do you think for Ohio State, it's just another place to play? Well, it's, it's tough. So I do want to say say one thing, and this is something that – so were you last there in, in 07? Was that, or have you yes. been to a game yep. since? Okay, so I want to make this, make this point because this is, this is, I think, an important one for those that um, haven't been in, in, in some time. So I haven't been since 2011. Unfortunately, I'm sorry – I was there. I was also there, but to be fair, in 05, 07, 09. So, you know, I, I've been 3-1 there. That's that's pretty good. But I was, I'll admit, I was there in 11. That was the last time I was there in the loss. And Brady Hoke's first game um, there. Probably prolonged his tenure by at least another season. So, thanks. Um, but, you know, they did, and I'm not a technical enough person, so I'm not going to give you, any, give you the, the reason why, but I will say they did renovate the stadium. And in doing so, uh, you know, because of the, the, the – I know enough science to know that, you know, it's a large stadium where the noise often went up. So it was, it was often considered, you know, not as loud as, as some other places. And I will say, tell you that in 2011, there was a lot louder than it was previously just because of the renovation. Mm, so okay. from that perspective, there's the potential for them to be louder, for it to be a little more intimidating, I would argue, even than it was – you know, back then, obviously, they had much better teams in 05 and 07. So that, that, was, that was, the you know, the, the big difference there that I'll say. So, yeah, I mean, look, I want to, you have to, to give the edge, um, you know, and give, give at least some portion of an advantage to, the, to them being there. I do think that it's, it's a unique game and, and you know, it's a, it's a tough atmosphere. Um, this particular team this year, is I think back right. I mean, didn't really play in, you know, 
didn't play in State College, didn't play in Madison, the two loudest places along with the Horseshoe in, in the Big Ten. So, you know, from that perspective, yeah, I mean, this is, I think, pretty easily the the most intimidating, you know, probably the loudest type of environment they've played in. So I, I, I do give Michigan something in, in, in that regard. But by the same token, again, you get a lot of, lot of guys that are, you know, great players, veteran guys that I think are going to be ready for this. So I give them, you know, more, I, I think, you know, more of a chance maybe for that reason. But I think it really comes down to, you mentioned the quarterbacks, and, and let's be fair, and this, this is going to, you know, further <laughs> explain how incredible the 2014 end of that season was. You know, technically, because Bra- even though Braxton was hurt all year, so Cardell really was more like the two instead of the three, he was still the third option. Barrett was still the second option. So for Michigan this year, you know, you had Wilton Spate start and, and get hurt early in the season in their first conference game against Purdue and has yet to play, and it doesn't appear he's going to play, but he could potentially on Saturday. And then you had Peters, um, you know, come in and as, as, a, as a redshirt freshman and look pretty good and then get hurt uh, early in the, you know, in, in, the Wisconsin, in the first half of the Wisconsin game. So now you got John O'Corn. And, and John O'Corn, I'm sorry, and I'm sorry, it was not the Wisconsin game, it was the, the week previous. But then you have John O'Corn, so he's their third string quarterback, their Cardell, so to speak. And, you know, Tom Herman, we know how great a coach he is. So he did some great things with John O'Corn at Houston in a couple of years he was there. And right. you know what? <laughs> this is just not, uh, you know, not obviously not the same player um, that he was for them. He's been, he struggled a lot. He does not scare me at all. So that's the thing. If John O'Corn's the quarterback, then I can't make any kind of football reason why we would lose this game. And I'll go a step further. I can't make a football reason why this game's close, honestly. Um, I, I'm not going to say it w- it's going to be a blowout. Uh, we'll, uh, you know, I, I, you can do a prediction. I'm not. I never like to predict anything about this game, nor make plans after the game. I want to make sure that things go the way they're supposed to go. <laughs> but uh, right. that's that's the issue here. Is that you know they have their you know more than likely are going to have their third string quarterback who has really struggled, and at best is going to be a game manager for them. But with young receivers, he's not going to be able to make an impact there so then they're they're relegated to a pass right. to a run game and oh by the way their running backs their top two running backs are banged up at least one Karan Higdon's definitely going to play but if he's limited at all once they get beyond that you go to a Chris Evans significantly worse so right. you know they, there's a lot working against them in this game uh that you know gives you pause and, and I think you know, if we're going to be be honest, Brian, this, because it's the game, I you know, I, I give them uh, a shot. But if sure. you, if you take that away, which of course you can't, Ohio State should win this game easily, and there, I would not, by any stretch of the imagination, be surprised if Ohio State has a game similar to 2015 because they do need it. They really do need to, to to try to win this game by as many points as possible, if things are do work out, and they have a shot at that fourth playoff spot. They are in a unique position, similar to they were with the Wisconsin game in, in 2014, where they do need to look impressive in the remaining two games of the season. 
Yeah, they do, and it's it's interesting, and that's the thing with college football. You know, you just you never know. You never know, and you know, against after Iowa, you're sitting there, and the, and the first thought you're having is, well, well, the playoffs are over. Um, so now it's back to old school. Let's win the Big Ten. Let's beat the team up north. But you know, that's that's the thing, and you look at a lot of the teams ahead of them. They're going to play each other. I mean, you got Auburn, Alabama coming up, which which you know we think, and I think, you know, the team up north versus Ohio State is the greatest rivalry in college football. I think Alabama. Um, you know, their rivalry with Auburn is, is, is up there as well. Um, I mean, Texas, Texas A&M, I think, used to be something. Texas, Oklahoma, I'm sure it's still something. But in terms of – I mean, I think you got to be competitive. you got to be in the mix for national championships for that thing to really have the, 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 the spark that it needs to have to be a great rivalry. Um, but you know what? And I think the other thing is, too, in rivalries, they always say it's cliche, but, you know, you throw the records out, you throw the injuries out, and, you know, I've heard this quote a lot too. And there's nothing more dangerous in, in, in life than a wounded animal. And Michigan's wound, or, I said their name. That's okay. The, the team up north is a wounded animal. They really are. And you, you can't let them stay around in the game. I think if it's in the third yes. quarter and it's like ten to seven and something like that, and, and now you're you're leaving it up to a, a one play changing the complexion of the game. That's what you don't want. If you're you know you're an Ohio State fan, which if you're listening to this, you probably are. You're going to go out, be aggressive, and I think this will be like the the Dobbins Weber show. I think every Michigan game, OSU game, they have like a a story, or you can call it like '05 the, the Gonzalez catch, '06 was the game of the century, '07 was the hit on Henny. I mean, every year there's kind of like a like a name, and I think this could be, you know, like that that's what it could be, the Weber and Dobbins show, because it's OSU two. Really talented backs. They're both good at different things. And, and they oh, all year long, I think they've been pretty consistent. I mean, that's kind of been you know, one of the things you can hang your hat on. And, and again, I don't think Urban Meyer uh, – you know, Greg Schiano is a phenomenal coach. He's a phenomenal coach. He coached in the NFL. He did an amazing job at Rutgers. He's their greatest coach ever, I think. And uh, I think sure. he's going to – could get a head coaching position somewhere else. So I think they're going to win. Again, I, I don't know. I like doing predictions. I'm going to go – I'm gonna go big. I think they're gonna. I think OSU's gonna put up a 50 burger. I think it could be like 51 to 17 or something like that. I think it's gonna be a, a route. But with that, if, if you don't mind, Brian, let's let's play some throwback. Um, let's go with some good and the bad and the ugly with the OSU, the team up north rivalry. To kind of put a bow on this on this uh, podcast. I know it's your favorite game of the year, and and you know what? It's 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 mine too in college football for sure. Um, let's go your favorite memory, uh, your favorite game, your favorite OSU Michigan game ever. It could be uh, one you've watched at home. It could be one that you've been at. Um, I think for me, like, in the running would be, like, 02. Last year's game, 14, would be in the running. But uh, 05, I absolutely loved. Uh, I think it's it's 06, though. I think it's the game of the century. If I really had to put uh, my finger on my favorite OSU Michigan game. I think it's I think it's 2006 for many reasons. I was there. I rushed the field. That was the last um, season OSU had grass. So I actually cut out some grass and planted it in my parents' front yard the next day. Um, just you know, going to the national championship game because back then there wasn't the Big Ten championship game. So you beat Michigan. You're in. Michigan was good. You had you know they came out quick and scored. We responded. You know, we had a 21-7 lead. You know, they battled back. And I was a Mike Hart fan. I know a lot of people hated Mike Hart. You're probably included in that. Uh, yes. You know, but just the way that they battled in that game was amazing. And then even even the strategical things, you know, like 
Like Michigan scored, they lined up for two. They forced Tressler to call a timeout. Then Michigan settled for an extra point just because. And you know Lloyd Carr near the end of his tenure, uh, he was he was called five lost Lloyd, which was so funny because at the beginning of his career he was known for the guy that could beat Ohio State. He was he was the guy that took what Shen Beckler did and all that and took it to another level and won a national championship, something Bo couldn't do. Um, so for all those reasons, and I thought I was going to say 05, but if you really had to twist my arm, I, I would say 06. What's your favorite uh, OSU-Michigan game, Brian? Yeah, no, I, I, it, it, it is interesting because, I mean, again, 2002 – I'll, you know, put you in a position, to, obviously, you know, Ohio State doesn't win a national championship, must win. 2006, Ohio State gets to go to a national championship. You know, tremendous game, one versus two, amazing. Um, but even still, yeah, if I had to say one of my two, <laughs> if I give you two, it's, it's going to be 05 and 2001. 2001, to go backwards first, because, I mean, that was the beginning. I mean, that was the game that Trestle, you know, again, and we did our, we're going to do part two of our Trestle podcast here at uh, some point in, in, in December. Um or, you know, last week in November, December, but, uh, I mean, you know, he said, we're going to be proud of what you do on the football field in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, after Ohio State was just walloped in 2000 and walloped, you know, during the entire Cooper era. Um, So, I mean, that game meant meant so much. I remember the feeling. I remember it ending and running a few doors, you know, four four or five houses down from my parents to my uncle and and just, you know, getting his reactions, being so excited and understanding, I think, how important that was. Um, but 05 for me, because, you know, this is, this is the, the Thanksgiving season. So you think about gratitude and I've never been more grateful to this day. of something I got to do. I mean, it meant the world to me. Um, I, it's, it's kind of crazy to think, but I mean, I never been to one of the, one of our games, one of the game uh, until I was a student in 05. And I've always enjoyed winning there more than winning here. Uh, or winning in Columbus, I just always have, and it's maybe I'm I don't know why, but I just you know so I, I mean I had a chance. It was a very unique game. I watched it from the press box. You were on the the, the call, you know, doing uh, analysis with Gavin and Ed Scalari was doing, um, you know, doing play by play. So you know I was a part of the the you know pregame halftime shows in that uh, you know in, in that game, which was. Tremendous. So I got to be kind of a fan watching from the press box, you know, not able to cheer, of course, sort of doing a lot of like, you know, fist pumping or, or, or yelling without actually, you know, like, like uh, lip yelling or lip syncing yelling, whatever you want to say. Um, what I'll never forget about that, what makes that so special beyond what happened on the field, of course, Gonzalez. And like you said, I would never forget that great touchdown by Santonio where he was trying to ensure he get a touchdown and he dove in the end zone and got a, the most ridiculous uh, uh, celebration penalty ever for simply just ensuring a touchdown and was penalized for it. But, um, you know, I'll never forget after that game was over, being, you know, uh, on the photo deck by you guys during the broadcast and seeing our old Bruce just go crazy. I mean, he was so jumping up, down, excited. We all sang the, the, the you know, our, uh, the Ohio State alma mater, Carmen, Ohio, from the photo deck at the big house. I mean, what greater honor can you have than that? So while 2006 was amazing, I love rewatching it. I mean, I know that game almost by heart now. I've watched it so many times. I watch it every year. I watched it last night. Um, uh, you know, that was an amazing game. 2002 was an amazing game, important games. But for me, those are the two that stand out the most 
2001 because it changed the rivalry, and and 05 because it was my first, you know, for selfishness, my first addition, uh, uh, first opportunity. Though I will certainly agree with with what you've said that it does get, I think it is underappreciated overall. Uh, you're a victim of your own success, they say, and it's because 2006 was so big that I think it made 2005, you know, not not quite quite as big there. So. Um, yeah, um, you know, like I said, uh, very excited, not going to go the prediction. I know we're going to cut this podcast short here, uh, Brian, but, uh, you know, I'd just like to end and say happy Thanksgiving to you, buddy. Again, you know, the, the getting to call games with you and, and, and being a part of this rivalry and bowl games, it, 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 it's, it gave us the opportunity to be friends and there's not, you know, you don't always have too many friends that you have after, you know, 10 years <laughs> or whatever after or so after college. So, uh, you know, appreciative that the, it, it led us to, uh, you know, great memories and a friendship and, you know, very excited to hopefully in our next podcast, be talking about, uh, a sixth victory in a row in the rivalry and, uh, a very frustrating one and five start against the two biggest rivals for the team up North by, uh, Jim Harbaugh, a truly terrible, despicable man. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? My my first Steeler game was actually watching Jim Harbaugh get pummeled by the Steelers. He was the Colts quarterback. Let's hope the same thing happens tomorrow. And, and Brian, likewise, man, uh, it's been a lot of fun continuing our friendship and obviously always reminiscing about our time broadcasting and continuing to talk Buckeye football in the year 2017 going into 2018. I was going to ask you what your least favorite memory of the rivalry was, but I think we should end on a good note. And <laughs> And with that, yeah, and, uh, I mean, let's just say the '90s, we, that, you know, but I don't want to yeah, say much more than that. Yeah, it all, and that yeah. encapsulated it all in, in that one. So hey, let's keep doing podcasts, OSU football, uh, throughout the rest of the season. Hopefully, we'll have some playoff things to discuss, and hopefully, and I think we we both agree that we'll be discussing a a big victory next time we talk after OSU plays the team up north. So for Brian, this is Brian signing off. Thank you, and as always, go Bucks. See ya. Go Bucks.